I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts, Stocks, Sparky, Murph and Nick. It's a new studio, Rush Nation. Well, actually, that's a bit of a fib. It isn't a new studio, but we've got Wolves now, Murph. Just Murph and I today. Sparky and Nick still AWOL. Nick started his new job and Sparky is being Sparky. Murph, how you doing? Yeah, I'm all good. How are you, mate? Yeah, pretty good. I, I need to apologise to you, Murph, and Rush Nation. I am suffering from a horrendous cold, but I thought everybody needs me, so I'm here. I'm playing at 75%, but I've turned up. So you're the anti-Antonio Brown? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm playing when needed, rather yeah. than when I'm fit. So, <laughs> Or you are fit and don't want to play. Yeah. No, no. When I'm fit, I'm playing. And that's, that's the key. Love it. But... Yeah, I surprised Murph today by installing new walls and some signed shirts in the studio. And he think he likes it. Love it. It's incredible. It feels like I'm in a, a different building. So it's cool. It's going to be even better when the other shirts get on the wall. And Yeah, so we've got our Christmas presents to each other to slide up. And then once we start doing our YouTube and snitch, stitch, stitch, stitch threads, then you can all see the, the marvellous... Or Twitch, even. They're all the same. Oh, all There's about the, three or four different ones. So. We'll do them all. We will own that market as well as everywhere else. <laughs> this Tuesday's show, well, I would say standard, but there's no waivers or... No, but we've got news. We've got uh, some playoff action to review. We've got... Um, some fixtures. Some fixtures to talk about and talk about where we think they're going to go. 
Uh, then we're going to do our fancy year in review, which we didn't do last week because of our tight end debate. And then we will go into our picks for what we think for if you're playing a fantasy playoff this week or um, I'm not a DFS expert by any stretch of the imagination, so uh, I don't really play it. So, But I've gone with players who I really like in each position uh, and explain why I think they're good value. And you can decide if you want to go with them on whatever DFS format and you will do the same before we got streets as well talking of playoff divisional pick fantasy stuff you and i five yard rush we're top of the league uh, antonio set up yeah so one of our listeners antonio has invited us to play in one of his leagues so as a result we are um gonna be well we entered that so we helped set it up with him and so i i can't remember how many we've got it was a high number at 14 which was too many far too many so thankfully a few people dropped out i don't know what we're up to um player wise but we are top of that league with a very very narrow margin with three weeks to go so it's kind of like a contest league so you pick from the available players that we can see we were going to do a draft but uh with all the changes to the league it kind of just didn't get done in time so uh yeah, good start, but it's a very, very small margin. We've got a long way to go, my friend. Well, Vin Diesel said it best. doesn't matter whether you win by an inch or a mile or wins a win. So we won week one. We did, which is good. It's being a fantasy podcast. Yeah, well, you know. We earned some credibility that week, so... Yeah, yeah. you might want to jettison me whilst we're ahead, Murph, because my end-of-season statistics don't have go for good reading. Well, as I'm the complete opposite, I sort of don't really get interested till the playoffs. Well, that's it, mate. Well, we've won it, then. <laughs> We've started well and we'll finish well. We just need to get to the final week ahead and then I'll feel really confident. Fingers crossed. So let's do some news. So everybody has seen the Cody Parkey gifts, memes, the poor chap. I don't think it's his fault. I think the kick was tipped. Well, it is. It's been officially ruled as a... Has it? I haven't seen that. It's been officially ruled as a blocked uh, field goal attempt. Right. So they have changed that. It has been given an official designation. I think yesterday afternoon it was given that. So... Yeah, I mean, it cost them the game with the double doink, as it's now being referred to, <laughs> um, because it hit both the upright and the crossbar. And it means that St. Nick proved magical once again in the 16-15 win. Yeah. I, do you know what? I, was, I think it was... I think it was probably... It was this was the game I joked last week and said, I don't think it's the one I'm really that excited about. And I think for me, it turned out to be... I would say it was the best game of the four because it was really close. You couldn't really call a winner at any point. Um, I have to be honest, it's the only one I haven't seen any of. <laughs> I mean, it was, the kick, obviously. It was good. I mean, I Trubitsky had a, a game. Alan Robinson had a game. He, I think he was 140, 150 yards. Mitch Trubisky went over 300. Um, they just, you know, that Eagles D is so, so good. And this is, this is the thing, you know. What's really interesting here is Chicago... Partly to blame for themselves because they could have laid down and died to the Vikings in week 17. And played the Vikings again. So they could have just basically played the same match again in the same location. But instead, they beat the Vikings to give the Eagles away in. And now they played the Eagles and now they've gone out. So a bit of game theory. Maybe you should play to win every game. I don't know. Maybe that's what they did. But uh, St. Nick rolls on and he's off to uh, New Orleans next week. A million pound richer. Yeah, so he got a million bucks for uh, for winning, and he'll get that for every game he wins in the postseason. So yeah, he get half a million for thirty three percent of the playoff snaps. He didn't get it. No, that was 
po- oh, regular season. Regular season. Yeah, he so missed it by four snaps, didn't he? I think it's every game he wins in the playoffs, he gets a million dollars. I thought it was. He got he half a be. mil for 33% of the playoff snaps played, he and then half that. a mil for a playoff win. Something like that. Well, anyway, he's making massive, cheddar. massive <laughs> amount of money. Um, the other thing, speaking of money, is that um, Cody Parkey, um, he was being transferred money by Eagles fans on uh, Vimo, which is like a money sort of transfer sort of service uh, in America. And, and then a load of people decided that they were going to uh, get rich off this. So a load of people changed their Vimo accounts to Cody Parker and Picture <laughs> of the Kicker. And so you had all these Eagles fans just started like getting money. And so one of them tweeted, uh, Will Brenton, who hosts uh, uh, a CBS podcast called Pick Six. He's talking about it. So one of the listeners like um, of his show tweeted him and said, oh yeah, I've just made 50 bucks doing this. <laughs> pretend to be Cody Parkey so loads of people were just chucking him like a buck five bucks whatever so I guess they think he was going to get uh, fired this or cut in the off season or or whatever and he, and he might still do I mean but he has hit so many uprights I think this was the sixth or seventh kick this season including he, four in one game yeah, against the Lions where he's hit the upright this season so I mean you couldn't you couldn't do that if you tried no so it's incredibly unlucky, and if he gets cut, I mean, you're talking the the finest of margins every time. It's just such such bad luck, but hopefully he keeps his job. I thought the fans were really tough on him to boo him. I mm-hmm. thought that was quite an uncomfortable watch. Um, it happened in another game, which we'll talk about. But I, I get you're upset, and I get you're, you're like gutted. But I don't. Th- obviously, it's the reason they've lost the game in terms of it was the last play. Yeah. But if the defense doesn't allow an 80-yard uh, possession with, you know, under two minutes, three minutes on the clock, they win the game. So it's not just him. It's not He's not the only reason they've lost that game. There are many people, you know, if uh, the run game had been a bit better or Mitch Trubisky had found that killer pass in the, in the red zone or whatever, you know, it's, it's hard to blame it on one person. It's just, it was a close game and the, the breaks went Philadelphia's way, yeah. as they tend to. I saw a, a good meme of a guy sitting on a bench Dressed up as a Bears mascot with a sign that said "Parky nine points, Mitch six. And, you know he, he scored more points on the day than the, the rest of the offense. Yeah, it's just it's just it's just the way things go. Um, it was if you're into your, your defensive football, go back and watch this game. It, it, there's some brilliant displays of of defense from both teams, um, but it's the Eagles that advance and they've got the the chance now to go and beat the number one seed and. And, you know, they got to go on the road the whole way. So uh, they got a tough ask uh, this weekend coming. Yeah, talk, staying with that game, talk us through this weird catch fumble to Anthony Miller. Yeah, so this was just before halftime. And basically what happened was the ball came to um, Anthony Miller, who catches the ball. And then what happens is that he gets stripped. I, I, for the life of me, I've forgotten who strips the ball out. But then what happens is, is he, he strips the ball out and the ball just goes dead. It doesn't go out of play. It just goes dead. And then the, the officials just come and pick the ball up. It was just so bizarre. So you we sat there for like a few seconds. And it was ruled like an incomplete pass. Because it just looked like, oh, okay, maybe he's not had control of the ball. So the defender sort of knocked the ball out and has made it incomplete. And then that's why the ref has picked it up. But actually that ball was live and it was in play. So if someone had bothered to pick it up like an Eagles player, and run it back, it would have been a touchdown. <laughs> um, so it's really weird. So Al Riveron, who is the, se- the senior VP for officiating at NFL, uh, tweeted that 
In the Philadelphia versus Chicago game, the receiver controlled the ball with two feet down and took an additional step, so it was a catch. However, because he was not down by contact and there was no evidence of a clear recovery or the ball going out of bounds, the ruling of incomplete stands. So again, I say that because nothing happened, it was ruled an incomplete pass. But actually it wasn't. It was a fumble. But if someone had actually picked the ball up one way or the other... It would have been TD. Or, or any gain or yeah. whatever. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's a really bizarre. <laughs> you see it very occasionally, don't you, where a player dives over a defender, isn't actually touched and lays there like he's been touched. People stop, then he gets up and runs off again. Yeah, exactly. And then it's just a case of what happens. So um, it's, I think it's happened before. I think it happened in the um, Browns game against, it might have been even the Ravens, it might have been the week before, where something very similar happened. But the referee ruled the play dead. So even though he's, they've made the recovery and run it out because they weren't sure they ruled it as if it was an incomplete pass they ruled them dead right. so what happened in that instance is Cleveland got the ball but they didn't get they get it at the spot of the foul or the spot, the spot of the fumble as instead of the additional yards so actually it cost them points because they ran it back and uh, it was blown dead and also a similar thing with um, what happened with this weekend's game with the Chargers where obviously Melvin Gordon scores a touchdown then they think it's a fumble the Ravens so they uh, run it all the way back but it is and then they obviously thought they'd scored even though it'd been whistled dead so it wouldn't have counted it would have been a touchback yeah so actually had and this is why i think the referees are getting some real criticism because they shouldn't they no need to blow it dead you just let the outcome of the play occur and then whatever the ruling is because it turned out melvin gordon he didn't um he didn't fumble the ball he was the ball came out as he put the ball on the ground so he didn't fumble it. He he was down by contact. I think about... They ruled it a yard, but it wasn't a yard. No, it was, like, really it was a close. few inches. Um, so Ravens do what you're taught to do. You play until you know the end of the play. But the whistle had gone. So it was kind of a meaningless run. But if he had fumbled that... Then it would have been a Ravens touchdown. Well, no. But it wouldn't have been. Because they blew the play dead, it would have been a touchback. Or it would have been a recovery on the one-yard line. Uh, as opposed to not blowing it dead, letting the play run out, and it being a Ravens. So as it happened, it wasn't a fumble. But if it was, if you're, and you know, we saw a similar thing with the Jags in the NFC title game last year. Very, very similar thing with the Patriots, where they recover the football, but the referee's blown it dead. Whereas he's off down the sideline, completely untouched. He's scoring a touchdown, and then they review it, then they say it's a fumble. And they're like, well, okay, but you've just cost us seven points, and then yeah. they lose the game. So the referees need to get out of this habit of blowing blowing up when they think something's happened. Just let the play reach a natural conclusion. And then go back and review it. Yeah. And then that way you've got an outcome one way or the other. Agreed. You heard it here first, NFL. That's it. <coughs> Excuse me, Rush Nation. So my boy Lamar Jackson was stifled by the Chargers' brilliant defence. Most of the game, apart from when I started texting Murph, and then he, he made a comeback. Murph said he should have been benched and he probably should have been because he was absolutely shocking. Murph's looking at me like he's about to explode. So, No, not at all. I, I, I do believe he should have been benched. I stand by that now. A lot of people in the media are saying, well, no, because Jackson's the quarterback of the future and it hurts his confidence. Listen, he's got how many months? Eight months to get over it? <laughs> like, yeah. It's not like he's got a game next week if they go out here. Do like, the best thing for your team and put Flacco in. That's exactly it. I just think when something isn't working and you've tried something and, and people will sit here and argue, well, the last five minutes he was phenomenal and scores two touchdowns. And this, I'm, I'm not taking anything away. They were brilliant. I guess I'm taking a little bit away. The Chargers there are playing soft. Yeah. So all game, they played with seven defensive backs. They played Derwin James as sort of this hybrid sort of linebacker role. 
And what they did is they just it, they just stifled the run. They just said, look, if you're going to win this game, Lamar Jackson, you've got to pass the ball. And guess what he couldn't do for all but five minutes of this game? Pass the football. Well, he was on negative rushing. He was on negative passing yards deep in the fourth quarter. So deep into the fourth quarter, he had negative passing yards because of sacks. Like, and that for me is if you've not if you've given him three quarters, I probably called for him in the middle of the third. Even if you'd left him till the the end of the third, which I think is late, and you bring Flacco in, and okay, the argument is Flacco's not great, and rah rah rah, and I get that. But the two things Flacco brings here is experience, and he also it's it's something different. You've tried something, it's not worked. You're getting killed out there with the running game; it's not working. Yeah, yeah. So you need to do something different, and I think Flacco would have bought something a bit different but whatever I mean the Chargers were brilliant they knew what was happening I think their, their coaches came out afterwards and said they knew what they were getting 60% of the time they knew the positions they knew the threats and it's because they'd seen the game before they studied the tape and they were the first team to play the Lamar Jackson Ravens twice and the second time they figured it out and yeah. I think this could be the start of a trend for the Ravens next week well for next season even well, people figuring them out, you mean? Yeah, I just think they, you know, p- people gave him amazing credit for and Lamar Jackson for being this brilliant quarterback. Um, something that the league hasn't seen. I don't quite buy that, but I mean, listen, he's he's proved me wrong in some regards. But I've, I've said this podcast time and time again. He can't throw a regulation football brilliantly, and he still hasn't. He threw two brilliant passes, but he threw five or six really bad passes in that game. And at the end of the day, he do you know he leads the league in fumbles. He played seven games and he led the league in fumbles. Wow. So, I just think... And he's not built like Josh Allen. He's not built to be huge. So, if you're going to keep running the ball with him... You're going to get hit. And he's going to get hurt. So, I think they need to sit down in the off-season and work out. He'll be better for this experience. And I get that the argument's keeping him in is, well, he's your franchise quarterback and he's he's going to learn from this. And I think the way he played in the last five minutes suggests a lot of mental toughness that I think shows some real quality. Yeah. He didn't look beat. He he kept going. And I think that's a positive that perhaps I wouldn't have given him before. But I, I've still not seen enough from him to say that he's going to be a franchise quarterback. I can I can see him lasting a couple of years, but I don't know if he's the guy that takes you playoffs year after year, especially in that division that is really up in the air with the Browns and, and the Steelers. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I guess the off-season will tell on how much he practices his throwing and can get drilled into making throws as opposed to not being able to throw at all. I think that's the key. And and you now know that Flacco's off. He's gone. Yeah. So they didn't bring him in. They clearly are preparing to not use him going forward. Good luck to them. Uh, good luck to Flacco. I don't think he's as bad as people say. I don't think he's you know, a top 10, top 12 QB, but he has won the Super Bowl. He has got playoff experience. He's one of these that comes alive at the end of seasons. He just probably doesn't start seasons well, and he needs to get better. Yeah, possibly see him in orange next season. You never know. No, he might do. There's a market for him, definitely. Yeah. Talking of comebacks that didn't quite happen, the Seahawks nearly came back against the Cowboys, but lost out 22-24 and take on the Rams. It's quite a good game, this one, I thought. Zeke looked unstoppable at times. If you had to give me a choice of MVP for the weekend, it's Zeke Elliott. By a mile. I don't even think it's close. Well, on the offensive side of the ball. I think on the, on the defensive ball, you could make a case for uh, Mark Ingram, Nick Bosa, the, the Chargers, who were exceptional. But on the offensive side of the ball, it's, it's, it's only Zeke for me. He was brilliant. Um, really spearheads that attack. He gets big runs when it matters. 
and he really sort of grabbed the game by the by the horns and put in a, a masterful performance. And that was the difference in the two teams. The Cowboys could run the ball, and then the Cowboys D with that awesome linebacking trio that they've got stifled the the Seahawks. And it means that the Cowboys advance. They've got they've got the Rams. That's going to be a really interesting game. So I, I like that matchup. I think that's one that really keep an eye on. Yeah. Injury to Alan Hearns, and that was absolutely horrific. Oh, that was that was oh, that made me wince. Yeah, broke broken neck, dislocated or broken ankle, and fractured bones in the lower leg. It's painful. Yeah, he's saying he'll be good to go at the start of next season, but Oof. you know, it, it was a tough injury, and for someone who hasn't been anywhere near what he's been paid in terms of value and worth wise, it's hurtful for him. But these things happen. Yeah, the Colts seem to have the Texans playbook in their back pocket for a long period of this game. I was watching it with Josh. We, uh, Josh, shout out to you, my friend. Help me make the wall in the studio, which is looking pretty good. My wallpapering skills are moderate, to say the best. But I made him dinner Saturday night. I, you know, Very nice. Paid my dues. And we were watching it together, and it was ridiculous. Like Just how... Bad Deshaun Watson and the Texans were at the beginning of the game is where where was their running game? I don't know. They they had was it four or six part like run, rush attempts in this game without Watson scrambles. Right. Obviously, Watson ran the ball eight times. Most of those were scrambles. A couple of maybe design plays or very quick reads and and gain yards. But there was just no run game. I'm sitting there thinking like you got to give your your defense a break and. Andrew Luck just took advantage. I, I'll be honest. Of the games this weekend, that was the one that I, I, I wouldn't say I didn't enjoy it. I think that's harsh. Uh, but when it's twenty-one nothing at halftime, it was pretty boring. And the second half was was pretty awful. I'd say that was the only game that kind of didn't really. I wasn't really like loving it. I was kind of into it and I was watching it and it was great. But and and I really appreciate what the Colts did in the first half and I thought they, they put together a really good game plan and their defense was very good. But yeah, I don't. I thought the Texans just were, were really poor. Um, terrible play calling, terrible scheming, um, and some of it you credit on um, on on the team that they're playing, but not all of it. I just think Bill O'Brien looked looked lost in that game at times, and um, with what he was trying to do. But you know, they got an off season. I think they're a good team. There's still no doubt that they were the best team in that division this year. Um, I just think they kind of ran out of puff at the end and the Colts rightfully advanced and they're a dangerous team going to, to Arrowhead next week. Yeah, that should be a, a somewhat of a barnstorming shootout. Definitely. I mean, I think if they continue to use Eric Ebron the way they are, we could almost add him to the top tier of tight ends, I think, just I, because of his red zone prowess. I just... What is going on with the Lions? Like, how have you let that guy go? Yeah, I know. Like, I'm looking at him and I know he wasn't great but it makes me question the play calling in because he's got all the talent. He's got all the talent. He's been, especially second half of this season, once, you know, the coach has got his scheming in, the players have bought in. Listen, it always takes a bit of time. They started one and five. Um, and that's a new coach implementing a new scheme, implementing a new system. By the way, the Colts for me, they you can make a case that Cleveland might have won the, the draft in terms of the, the 2018 draft with Mayfield and Ward and Chubb. I... You know, I think the Colts have got a heck of a case. They drafted 11 players this year. All 11 are on the roster and contributing. 
And their first three uh, players they drafted, Nelson, all-star guard, as we knew it would be, all-pro and um, phenomenal player. You know, Darius Leonard is a phenomenal player. He, he, could, he could win rookie of the year. And the, those two players alone, you just think, what a draft class they have had. You know, hats off to their their GM and, and you know, hats off to... Hatch off to the coach because you know Frank Reich was not anybody's first choice. You know, I think it was their third choice, but they've put together a heck of a season. And congratulations because they they definitely deserve it. And they've got a lot of money next year. <coughs> they've got like 122 million in cap next year to spend. They've got more picks because obviously they got the Jets picks from the last trade when they traded up to get Donald at three. Mm. Well, they traded for the third and picked Donald, but. You know, I think this is a franchise that could be really dangerous for for years to come. They've got one of the league's best quarterbacks. They've got you know T. Y. Hilton. He needs some help, but now you've got Ebron who's performing at an elite level. They've got a good D. They've got a, good, a great O line, one of the league's best. I tell you what, they're going to take some stopping. Tack Le'Veon Bell onto there possibly, and I mean whether they take him as a, as a personality he is, but imagine him with Andrew Luck, T. Y. Hilton, and Eric Ebron. That's quite potent. <laughs> but yeah. Even Marlon Mack, I mean, he looked tidy with yeah, what he's he, done this year. He's been really good. Really, so, really good. you know, hats off to them. They've done one heck of a job. And if their run ends in, in Arrowhead, they shouldn't put their heads down. That They were projected to be last this season. So at the start of the season, they did the, the provisional rankings. And they predicted them to finish 32nd. Well, they're not. Well, no. <laughs> but they're the final eight. Yeah. And, and, the, and listen, I, they're not a team that anybody wants to play right now. So, you know, credit to them. Yeah. After missing two weeks, Todd Gurley is set to return on Tuesday, Sean McVay said, which is good news for the Rams, good news for everybody, good yeah. news for football in general. I don't think that's any shock to, to anybody. I think that's I think what people sort of expected to come back. That's why he took the last few few weeks off. But yeah, it's been... I mean, he, you want all the best players in the playoffs if they're available. So yeah, you definitely want that to happen. Talking of good players returning, my boy Hunter Henry's been activated off the pup by the Chargers. Be interesting to see if they use him to his full potential. Uh, yeah, well, if he's fit, you, you, it's a massive upgrade in that position, and I think you know they could definitely do a job uh, with him in the side. And we'll see what happens. Um, they're going to need him. They've got a tough game at the weekend. Yeah, really tough game. But in, in you know, there's projected to be. We'll talk about the game more detail. Some snow there in Foxborough this weekend. Is there? Yeah, five inches. Wow, three that's to five inches. Some snow. <laughs> so if that's going to happen, you're going to. It's it's all about short passes. So yeah, Hunter Henry could be coming back at a really crucial time. Wow, I did not know that. Interesting. That might change my selection a little bit further down later on. Oh, there you go. Ah, your boy Mike Evans, fire those cannons, Rush Nation, is replacing Julio Jones at the Pro Bowl because Julio is injured. Now that's in... Air quotes or, or um, speech marks. Right, so is he not injured? He just doesn't want to participate. Well, I think this is what happens. AB's also gone injured. Um, and Juju has replaced him, which I think is, is quite funny. Um, yeah. It's his first Pro Bowl as well, so... Juju. Juju. Yeah, uh, Mike Evans has made it two years in a row now. Um, I... It, it was a tough one. I mean, you, you got to finish. He finished second in the NFC and third overall in yards, uh, really high up there in receptions. It, if Mike Evans is on a, a playoff team, he makes the Pro Bowl. He was on the five and eleven small net, uh, small market team in Tampa, and that's why he doesn't make it. He's not on national TV every week. People don't see what this guy is, but he is as good a wide receiver as there is in the NFL. Ooh. You can you can make a case for uh, Hopkins and Julio and OBJ, but. You know, Mike Evans, fastest uh, fastest to 6,000 yards, youngest ever player to 6,000 yards. 
he he could he could really really be in the top five top three receivers for part for reception yards at the end of his career if he stays healthy and if he continues. So yeah, he's an elite talent, and it's a privilege to have him on the on the on the back of this roster, and it's a pleasure to watch him. I'm also really happy for Juju. I think he's had an unbelievable year. Um, you know, people are talking about AB like he's this pantomime villain, and you know, you don't really know all the ins and outs of what's going on. You know, he threw his toys out the pram. It's not the first time he's done it. People are asking for him to be traded, and you know, there is some some things with the cap that kind of. You know, we talked about the cap hit would be very high. They would actually save some cap if they traded him um, by uh, the third day of the league year. Um, and they will create $15 million in cash savings by trading him. But I just can't see anybody taking on that cap. And on top of that, the, um, the draft picks they'll take. There is some sort of cap maneuvering they can do to make it a bit more friendly. But, you know, they're going to want like two first round picks for one of the best players in the game. So, I don't know. But... It is possible, and I I don't think it will happen. But you know they will, no doubt, listen to offers if you believe rap sheets. So we'll see what happens. Some head coach talk now. The Ravens are making progress on the extension for Harbaugh. The Packers have hired Matt Lafleur, who was the OC for the Titans' fourth team in fourth years. Yeah, so he was with. Um, so he's had quite a number of years. He's actually been a coach since he was twenty four. Um, so he's got a lot of coaching. He's 39 now, so 15 years of coaching experience. Most of that has been in the NFL. He did three years with the Redskins before he did a year at uh, Notre Dame. And then he um, did two years with the Falcons as a quarterback's coach. Um, then he did a year with the Rams under McVay. First uh, first year with the with the McVay era as, as quarterback's coach. Then this year he moved to uh, the Titans. It's his first year playing, uh, call, uh, calling plays for the offense and then Obviously, now he's their coach. Apparently, he blew blew their socks off. He was very quickly made the offer. So he interviewed at the weekend, and they snapped the guy off and took him off the market. So all this talk about Josh McDaniels and um, that's been squashed. Well, yeah, and <coughs> chances are he's probably staying in in New England for another year, which people like the Jets and the Browns probably don't want to hear. But um, you know, I think it, it's it's an interesting hire. There's a lack of experience there, uh, but he has worked for some of the great minds of the game. So if he has taken all that in, and again, the, the Packers seem to be very high uh, high on him and gave him the job pretty quickly. So let's see what happens. It's, I'd never really want to judge anyone before they come in unless they've got a proven track record and you know, the guy doesn't. So let's mm-hmm. give him a chance and see how he does. Talking of experience, Murph, this one is solely for you. Fire the double cannons on this one. Bruce Arians is... In negotiation with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers about becoming the new head coach. Apparently, it's there's a good chance that it might be done today, if not by tomorrow. How do you feel about that? Phenomenal. Right? <laughs> I just, you know, well, I, I've I've had to watch us hire some coaches that I've tried to get on board with and come in with an open mind. And you know, we've had the Lovey Smiths, and then we had you know Greg Schiano, and Schiano was too much of a disciplinarian. He killed the dressing room here, and then you had. Um, you know, we've had Dirk, and I, I was calling for Dirk's head because I just don't see the progress. And listen, he runs a phenomenal offense, and he's been apparently offered the job now as the offensive coordinator for the Falcons. And this and that's a great job for him. He is, he, you know, he's a good offensive mind. But the two things he didn't have that we needed in the dressing room was a bit of discipline, knowing how to win, and the other was a bit of a 
defensive mind because the people he was bringing in to do those jobs weren't doing it. What um, you know, Bruce Arians is an all rounder. He's been you know a quarterback coach. He even wrote a book called The Quarterback Whisperer. You know, he's he's done defensive work. He's done special teams work. He's been around the league. He's been coach of the year twice. He's been there. He's done it. He's, he's coached some of the best minds in the game. I, I'm really delighted and. The staff that he can bring, Todd Bowles, who I know didn't have the most successful time, but he's an unbelievable defensive coordinator. I just think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's unbelievable. I'm right over the moon. I can't wait till it's done. I'm kind of like looking at Twitter every, every <laughs> 25 <two> seconds. <laughs> uh, Raps report has just tweeted that Brown's OC Freddie Kitchens is receiving strong consideration for the head job. So that's a, that's an interesting one. So I was speaking to. Jack, Jack Duffin of the uh, Paul Brown podcast, who I mentioned on here quite a bit, and uh, we were chatting today, and he sort of said to me that if Kitchens doesn't uh, get the the head coaching job, um, then and they can't sort of arrange for him to stay, then there's every chance he joins Bruce Arians in Tampa. in Tampa. So I think they realise they're going to lose him, and I think that is why he's under strong consideration because I don't think they want to let him go. And I think even if they retain him, he's a big risk to be gone somewhere next year. So I think that that's why he's under strong consideration. And yeah, he got the lack of experience, but he clearly had a huge impact on that team this year. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Absolutely. So Rush Nation, we asked you, and you have come back in your droves about the great tight end debate. And it was 83% of you guys said that you wouldn't take one before pick 20. So... Most of you are in agreement with Murph until Murph's persuaded otherwise. I was having a big debate today with Josh about he's he listened to last week's podcast and said he wouldn't take one before twenty and I said it depended who'd gone and we were getting into it and I'm st- I think at the end of the second, beginning of the third, I will seriously consider taking one based on who's gone. But you can't you just can't legislate for who will be there and who won't because there'll be some morons in the draft there always is. Oh, hundred percent. I think that's that's the thing. I think you're looking at, based on what we know and based on the picture. But you know what? Even if they go early, I just think you get better talent that falls down. So No, I, I completely agree. And, and with Eric Ebron maybe being the real deal next year, it's pushing it. But then, you know, Kingy's on Thursday on the award show that we're going to do. And and he he might be able to convince us even more for an early pick. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk to him about that. Yeah, I'm buzzing for that. Talking of award show, thanks for getting involved with all the votes and stuff for the Rushies on Thursday. Cannot wait for that. I know, it's going to be so good. I'm really excited. First annual Rushies. Yep. So um, we've got plenty of awards to go through, um, but you guys voted for some of the most important ones we left in your hands. So the voting's now closed at time of recording. But yeah, really excited for it. Yeah, so talking of bonuses and stuff like that there may or may not have been some patches ordered for rush nation members if you leave us a review on itunes and then screenshot it and at us on twitter we will send you a rush nation logo patch this can be sewed onto a hat a jacket your bed sheet wherever you fancy (laughs) teddy bear's tummy whatever you like but they're out there there's 25 of them at the moment purely because i've got a deal on 25 amazing but yeah, screenshot at us at Five Yard Rush, and we'll sort you out. And Lee, your Vikings jersey is on its way, so just you know, let us know when you get it. Yeah, he's already promised. He uh, he did the All Thirty Two podcast uh, last week, and he mentioned that he'd won it, obviously. And uh, he's promised some uh, pictures on social media. Sweet. So yeah, when you get it, let us know. 
Bit of college ball now, 34 minutes in, and holy smoke, Alabama got roasted by Clemson, who were ranked second, but 44-16 is essentially me playing them, considering most of Alabama could start in the NFL. It's just, no one saw that come. No, I mean, uh, there are people that predicted Clemson to win. I mean, statistically, it was it was pretty close. But yeah, to see to see that was was mad. I, just, <laughs> I mean, like this game was over. There were no points in the fourth quarter. Like the both teams just kind of accepted the fate of what had happened. And Trevor Lawrence is the first true freshman to starting quarterback to lead his team to a national title since Oklahoma's uh, Jamel Holloway in 1985, which was the year I was born. So actually, since this is in the January. Of 1985, I wasn't even born yet, so that uh, gives you some idea of one how old I am, and two how long it's been. So it, it was an incredible performance by Lawrence. Um, before people get too excited, he cannot uh, join the NFL draft until 2021 because you've got to do a minimum of three years in college. Um, so yeah, there were some phenomenal players on, on display. They're the two best teams in the country, but I don't think anyone expected that kind of that kind of whooping. But uh, Clemson's wide receiver talent is just. Uh, it's unreal. They're yeah. producing the best wide receivers in the game. And I tell you what, when you see one of these guys come for a draft, you're taking them high. <laughs> um, you yeah. know, it's their second. So this is interesting. This rivalry has been going the last few years. So these two teams are uh, 54 and four over the last four years each. And they both have two national titles each in the last four years. So, so next year's the decider. Yeah. Well, for the fifth. Game anyway. Well, that's it. So they, it's just, it's just mad. So you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. They played each other each of the last four years. Not all of them were title games. What three of them were title games? For, uh, the fourth was uh, semi-finals of the playoffs. Pop, pop quiz. Trevor Lawrence became only the third quarterback. Do you know the answer to this? Uh, well, it depends on what the question is. Okay, fair enough. Um, he became only the third quarterback in college football to throw over thirty touchdowns in the season. And win the championship game. The other two were both Heisman winners and went number one overall. Can you tell me either one of them? And you know them both. Oh, Tim Tebow? No. Uh, think closer to home. You think closer to home. James Winston. James Winston. Yeah, of course. And not it, Trent Dilfer. No. This guy's robbed a living. Come on, Murph. So many players have robbed a living. Uh, a, a massive living. Um, Played a little bit this season, got injured. Oh, Glennon. Nope. Uh, not Sanchez. Nope. No, he hasn't robbed. He's a hero, podcast hero. Wow, well, I've got an interesting stat coming on in a, in a minute with him. Sam Bradford. Oh, really? Yep. Well, I would never got that. Well, I'm just. Yeah, I can't know. put Sam Bradford. In any, well, that, that is interesting. Yeah, of course, James did it because uh, he was phenomenal in his final year with FSU. But I tried to plot that out. I don't like FSU, so okay. I just pretend like that didn't happen. Even though James is James. Yeah. <laughs> so this weekend's fixtures: the Colts are at the Chiefs. That's nine thirty-five British time. Cowboys at Rams. That's Sunday morning at one fifteen. And then Sunday evening for us is six oh five. As Chargers at Patriots in the snow. May or may not snow. <laughs> yeah. So just on this. So here's my here's my interesting Mark Sanchez stat. Do wait, wait, know? wait. Let me do the oh, next okay. game. Eagles at Saints. Sunday nine forty. Show me some Mark Sanchez. So Mark Sanchez is the only QB to have beaten the Patriots at home in their last eight playoff home games, like in terms of years. Yeah. So in the last eight years, the only quarterback to have beaten them at Foxborough 
is Mark Sanchez. <laughs> That's why we love him. I love it. Oh, by the way, just on this, I was thinking of this on the way over. Um, so, for those new listeners, you you might have missed our sort of week four. Um, was it week preview. four? It was week four. Wowzers. And, um, you know, I, I came on and talked about how Mark Sanchez is back from suspension and he was a free agent. And I said, let's get him a team. And then he ended up with uh, the Redskins. And I'd like to think that we did that and not anybody else at all. So um, I want suggestions on Twitter from listeners here of players that are not playing, uh, not with a franchise, that we can try and get back in the football after you know a year, two years, uh, recently cut, whatever. right? And by the way, I'm ruling out Kareem Hunt. So he is not a player that we're going to talk about. But if you come up with some really cool suggestions, we will take it under advisement and we will pick a player. Well, I've got one. Okay, we'll send it on Twitter. Oh, okay. Damn it. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, let's think of let's think of who do you, who do you think? I, I would like Peyton Manning to come back as the Broncos. Oh, no, he's retired. I don't want to retire. No, I was joking. Okay, um, um, I'll have a think. Have a think, and you guys have a think. And if there's a player who is you know, not with a franchise at all, and you're thinking you'd really like to have him back in the NFL for whatever reason, um, then yeah, get in touch, and we will take the best one, and we will start a campaign, and hopefully we can get this person signed like Mark Sanchez and it can be a yearly tradition that we try and see how many ex-players or current players without jobs we can get employed. It's our way of helping the American economy. Let us help you. Yeah, help me help you. Right, let's do some fantasy playoff picks for the divisional round because we're already quite a way into the pod, Murph, and we may have to slide the fantasy year again. We might have to do (laughs) an entire podcast on that on its own. Well, let's see how we get on. Um, Okay. So, where do you want to go? Basically, like waivers, we're just going to pick a player we like from each position. Not give you the reasons why so much, but because they're not available on the waivers. But if you if you're on a weekly pick 'em or something like that, these are our shouts. Yeah. So you go first. You're top of the list. Yeah. So I like Andrew Luck. I'm, you know, I'm I'm not 100 percent if I think the Colts are going to win that one. Still in my head, I'm not really sure which way I'm going to go on that. Um, I think they have a chance, and I think that's important. But I think that. That secondary of the Chiefs is really suspect, and I think that the O-line is really good to withhold a lot of the pressure that the Saints uh, D-line is going to throw at them. So I expect Luck to get in a shootout here, and I think this is why your quarterback is is probably listed in here, um, is I think it is going to be the high-scoring game of the weekend, and I think you can go one way or the other. And we have. Yeah. So um, well, yeah, I've gone my homes in what Murphy was just talking about should be a shootout. Yeah, I, I think the only reason I, I've, I kind of went Luck over home is I think that the Chiefs, all right, they don't have Hunt, but they have uh, Williams, they have Ware, potentially. I don't know if he's fully back yet. But they've got, they've got, I think, a better ability to run the ball. And I think that the, I think, and I don't know if, um, I don't know if Sammy Watkins is back either. Uh, yeah, he is. He's on, been on the field today. Okay, so Sammy Watkins, that might swing it. But I think either quarterback is a, is a good play uh, in whatever format you're playing this weekend. Yeah, agreed. Now, we've both gone for Zeke Elliott at running back, um, and that's because he's unreal. But the thing with the Rams is, yeah, they can get to the quarterback, but they don't really stop the run. No, I think they're going to have plenty of opportunity here to run the ball, run it well. Again, you've got another really good O-line that will open up the holes uh, and, and bust through that line. So, yeah, I like um, I like Zeke here. I think, again, he is, and he is instrumental to any chance that the Cowboys have of winning this game. Yeah. Um, I, I don't listen. I, I'm not one of these Dak haters, and I'm not one of his biggest fans. I kind of like 
I get why he's a QB. I get he's a starter, and I understand why he plays the position he does at Dallas. And I think it's fine. I don't. I'll never wow him, but at the same point, I don't think he's as bad as people say he is. And statistically, he's been pretty decent. But I think Zeke makes a lot of that possible. So I think he's the key to victory. No, no doubt. It, yeah, and it helps when you've got Donald and Sue who are pay per sack, so they're getting after the quarterback and exposing holes in the D line. And, and yeah. you got one of the best running at them. So. Did we both got the same wide receiver? We did. We did, yeah. And we both went for a soon-to-be Russian Nation Hall of Fame shirt, number three or four, Michael Thomas. Um, and it's because he takes on the sponge-like eagle secondary, shall we say? Yeah, I don't think it's as soft as that, but I just think that, again, you're looking at matchups that I I think the key to victory here for, for the Saints is to get the ball in the air and to make big plays. Um, and I think he'll get the degrees of separation needed to make big receptions. He's a big time player. He comes out in the in the big games when he's had lols. It's been when the one seed's been pretty much wrapped up, or you know they they know where they are. So yeah, I fancy I fancy Thomas to go off this weekend and have a really big game. Absolutely, me too. Now we've got two different tight ends, both studs. You can go first. Yeah, so I, I've just gone with um, Nick Foles' favorite target, Zach Ertz. Um, I just think that he is going to get. All the all the all the play. I think they fall behind. I think they're going to have to throw the ball a lot to to chase the game. I think that you know Jeffrey's going to be kept busy. You might see Tate get involved more. You saw him score the touchdown at the weekend, which made the third round pick probably worth it in the end. Um, but I just think all of it's going to go through Zach Ertz and the Saints give up a lot of points to tight ends. So um, if we're playing fantasy, that is fantasy points to tight ends. So I like uh, Zach Ertz as a play. You've gone with a uh, another stud. Yeah, I've got. Travis Kelsey, and that's, I think, in the shootout against against the Colts, I think Mahomes may like to look for him as a bit of a safety net, if possible, if, if he needs to be. Um, and I think you can score on the Colts' D. They're, they haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher all season. So I think with that in mind, and no cream hunt. I know you said they've got a good run game, possibly, but they're going to throw it. They yeah. do, and, and Kelsey's as good as a target as... Anyone else? Yeah, fair. Kickers, we've gone slightly different. I've gone uh, Vinatieri for the same reasons as I've picked Luck. I think they're going to score a lot of points. I think you know they're going to have to keep the scoreboard ticking. I can see Vinatieri coming out and making field goals. Um, he's automatic for me. He's as good as you get in the game. So I yeah. can see him quite happily coming out and scoring uh, a good number of points. Although your your kickers are a pretty good shout too. Yeah, so I just went for Will Lutz, Saints kicker. I think he's going to be in exactly the same situation as Vinatieri, and, and it's going to. I couldn't. I didn't want to pick Vinatieri as well because I didn't yeah. want to be completely the same. So I went Lutz. I thought about picking five players who were like a real cheap DFS place, yeah. <laughs> but then I thought actually just just pick your favourites, and then DST. You've gone for Patriots at home in the snow. Not a terrible choice. Well, yeah, so, you know, um, I did see that it was going to snow quite a lot and therefore I just think that they're going to stifle the Chargers. I think it's going to be quite a low-scoring game. I think even without snow, I think it's a, it's my candidate to be probably the lowest-scoring game of the four. So I do think the Patriots win and I do think... And there's question marks over Melvin Gordon, how fit he is and I think that's the... You know, you're talking... I didn't think Phil Rivers looked 100% sharp at the week. I think he got the job done, but... His arm looked sharp. He did look sharp. And I think these are the sorts of things I can see interceptions and I can see turnovers. And um, I think, yeah, I think you're looking at that being quite a low-scoring game. I quite fancy the Patriots at home to 
to keep them under 20 and to get some turnovers. Yeah, and I've gone for the Cowboys now. They are playing the Rams. I hear you saying that that's madness, but the Rams have been exposed of recent, and the Cowboys' D is absolutely real. Murph mentioned their linebacker court earlier. Quite capable of stopping Gurley, I think. <laughs> well, let me back up your stat. So when yes! you when you take out the um, all the teams except the top five offenses in the league, the Cowboys' defense is first in every category defensive metrics when playing just against the top five yes which the Rams is yeah that is so yeah there you go good pick stocks I hear everybody saying (laughs) (laughs) nothing like some validation there (sighs) thank you sir well with that validation you might as well hit the streets give me some stats brother sure thing so um, Eagles and Bears are in familiar territory so most games holding opponents to seven points or fewer in the first half this season including the playoffs uh, the Bears were 13, of course they're now eliminated. Uh, the Cowboys are 10, Eagles 9, Chargers 9. So, um, of course, three of those teams advanced. So, one of those teams, i.e. the Cowboys, could tie that record. I don't think they do. But, um, yeah, so good season by the Bears defense, just unfortunately not all the way. The uh, Bar Jackson had a zero passer rating in the first half. The last quarterback with a zero first half passer rating in the playoffs was Russell Wilson in uh, 2014 in the NFC Championship game versus Green Bay. However, whilst trading 16 to nothing in that game, they did come back to win 28 to 22. So not quite the same result for Lamar Jackson. And uh, the Seahawks-Cowboys game is the first playoff game in which both quarterbacks had a rushing and passing TD since Rich Gannon and Steve McNair did in the 2002 AFC Championship game, which is a game I... Watched very closely being a Buccaneers fan, knowing that that was going to be our uh, playoff, uh, sorry, Super Bowl opponent. And uh, so in terms of the game coming up at the weekend, the Colts at the Chiefs, the Colts are 4-0 all-time versus KC in the playoffs. Uh, Colts have won 10 of their last 11 games after that 5-1 start I I mentioned, and Chiefs have lost two of their last three after an 11-2 start. So you've also got the two leading quarterbacks for touchdowns this season. Mahomes with 50 passing touchdowns and Andrew Luck with 39. So That's quite a gap between first and second 11 touchdowns. It is, but you can imagine that obviously when your team starts 1-5, and five, I would like to, I haven't done the maths, but I'd like to see that gap after six games of the season. I reckon Luck would be pretty close. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Because Mahomes was on, on on pace for 57 at one point and he slowed. Was. He did not get his free catch-up. He did not. Wow. That's, I like that. There you go. Just to play you up. Wet the, the whistle. Yeah. I've got an idea, Murph. What's that? There are plenty of English podcasts that we, we communicate with. And seeing as Nick now has a full-time job and might make an appearance every so often and Sparky... I, I keep talking to him, but he, he, he's not locked down a day. We've got two free mics. So why don't we try and get somebody who's sort of nearby to come and make an actual studio appearance one day on the podcast? Sounds good. So if you are a host of a... Which I think we should open up. So I think if you're a host of a podcast or you're just a big super fan of Five Year Rush and maybe want to see, we can... Well, that, that, that will need some vetting, though. It will need some vetting. There's some serious fanboys out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, get in touch. If it's something you're interested in doing, then we can... Um, see what happens but we'd love to have some of you on there's an empty seat next to you and an empty seat next to me we could mix it up and you know, we could have a home and away bench and oh, see yeah. how these newbies this this is not an advert for or two new hosts no I, it's not I, I would like to say that 
we're, we're very happy where we are, but we just thought, you know, get some people in now that there's a wall. <laughs> and there's an off-season. So we've got an off-season, we've got um, so much going on, and plenty of really cool things that we're doing. So, yeah, um, get in touch. Yeah. Those Ice the Kicker boys aren't too far away, I know that. No, they're not. So, boys, we're talking to you directly. If you're listening. Um, they're very kind to answer our question this week. We sent them a question over uh, which coaches you'd put in the vacant uh, slot. So, if you haven't heard their podcast, give it a listen. Uh, it's brilliant. I love it. Who? It comes up on the Tuesday. I, I, full disclosure here, Murph replied to that. I did not. Who did you put in the Broncos chair? I didn't put anyone. I just asked a question. Oh, okay. Who did they put in the Broncos chair? Uh, that's a very good question. I listened to the podcast on the way here, and in my preparation, I have slightly forgotten. That's fine. Um, I think they took um, Monchuk, I think, was the guy that Charlie picked. He's been know. touted. I've seen a few. Things. Oh, was the other one Monkin? No, not Monkin. Um, Todd Bowles? He's, you know, no, no, no. He was picked for the Dolphins. So Tom picked uh, Todd Monkin to go to the the Dolphins which I don't think is going to happen because he's going to end up in Tampa it looks like as a DC so um, sorry guys I do really listen and I even tweeted uh, Charlie afterwards um, because they had a bit of fun on the podcast and I chatted him afterwards and said how good and how much I liked it and then I completely forgot what they picked they they picked a lot of names Yeah, and and Murph does one hell of a lot of research for this show and life so I forgive you big man Uh, might as well shout out the Fantasy Fam you and I hopped on there Saturday morning Saturday, uh, Saturday afternoon. afternoon. After you know, we waited around for you guys. I almost, I almost jumped ship because I was with the little man, yeah. but my mother took care of the child. <laughs> Thanks, mum. <laughs> yeah, so did. She yeah, did well. we hopped on and blast. Yeah, it was. Well, I feel like we did a lot of the talking. Well, we were being interviewed. I didn't realise. I thought we were just going on to fill some voids. But well, no, I, I think we, the point was to get our takes as to why we're into football and give our takes on fantasy this year and uh, it was interesting being on the other side of the chair being asked the questions but I think we delivered yeah I, I felt very professional if I'm honest I, I thought that my answers were rather than the the babbling nonsense you get from me <laughs> on five yard rush I felt that I gave a good account of myself and and, and Murph was as as good as Murph is all the time I don't so, know we're a team so we're only as good as each other we are we are but... and we were both excellent if you don't uh, no, we were. I mean, being bashful, and I'm apparently told it will be dropped tomorrow. Oh yeah, so go check their podcast out tomorrow at Fantasy Fam on Twitter. I think it's the Fantasy Fam, isn't it? Uh, it is. I will double check. Yeah, it's at, it's uh, at the Fantasy Fam F A M because they're family. Closing the title. Listen to it. You'll find out. Yeah, cool bunch of guys. Um, really enjoyed the chat. Really opened up a lot of things and made me think about a few things and come up with some analysis. Which thinking about 2019. I kind of had in my head, but hadn't really said out loud and maybe formulate some thoughts. Mm, yeah. Interesting. I thought about this last as I was hanging the shirts in the studio. All of the shirts that are in the studio, that will be in the studio, are going to be wide receivers. All of them. All four of them. Uh, Peyton no, Barber's no, a running no, that's back. that's not true, is it? I'm, th- I'm saying offense. All the shirts in the studio are offense. Yeah, but Bell, he's in a Steelers shirt, so he might be gone. That's all right. Got to stay. You know. That's all right. Thomas is going to be in a Bronco shirt. He's already gone. Yeah, but he's a hero. Legend. Yeah, this is true. He is a legend of the game. Bell's a sellout. Yeah, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> okay. I don't begrudge, no. I begrudge anybody. I'm, I'm backtracking on a hole I've dug way too deep here. <laughs> but yeah, we haven't got any defensive players, so maybe we should uh, have a think of that. Interestingly, yeah. all my shirts in the wardrobe at home are defensive. That is, yeah. Odd. I don't know why. I just, that's how it is. That's how it is. So, on Thursday, Rush Nation, we've got the Rushies. 
Thanks for participating. Kingy's coming on for the entire episode. It's going to be an absolute hoot. Yeah, looking forward to that. It's going to be good fun. So, yeah, listen out to Thursday for that. This is Tuesday. My cold is getting the better of me. I think it's about time we sign out. All right, well, till Thursday. Uh, happy hunting. Happy hunting, yeah. Oh, God. Someone find me some Benelin. Russian Nation. Until Thursday, keep rushing. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.